from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. From sunny Southern California, even sunnier, cooler, calmer, lovely Costa Mesa, California. Home of your L.A. Chargers training camp. That's right. The Bolts are back, and now they're in the 714. They will play in the 213, and uh, they will be on the radio uh, throughout the hour. We'll be bringing over some San Diego Chargers uh, and try and catch up with this team that, that has been much discussed Uh, Even the lack of fan attendance at the StubHub Center has been discussed. 
Philip Rivers coming off a turnover-prone year or their inability to close games, which it looked like they were close to turning the corner last year, getting Joey Bosa back after the hamstring injury and the, the, the elongated holdout. They could not get over the hump. They made a coaching change. They made some interesting draft picks. But uh, of the two teams in Los Angeles... Uh, they are far and away more prepared on the offensive side of the football to compete. Unfortunately, they're in the AFC West, a very, very competitive division. So we'll talk some bolt football live from their training camp throughout the afternoon. I can only tell you that um, San Diego is an incredible city. Uh, this is 15 minutes from where I grew up, 10 minutes, actually it took me 12, from where I live. And... I think the only thing better than Costa Mesa, than San Diego, is the Newport Mesa area. So it's not like you have to feel bad for the Chargers players moving or Phillip Rivers making the drive uh, to a place to which they have to acquire some new fans and move into a new market before they move into the L.A. market in the coming years. But that's not the discussion point of the day. In sports, we continue to react to Ezekiel Elliott, and now... Uh, now it's starting to get really, really ugly. And there, there's, look, there, unlike, unlike the political discussion to which I don't think there's two sides to it, there are two sides to this discussion. And part of it is the historic context of any sort of sexual assault, any sort of violence against women, and what tends to happen to the accuser. There's a there's a bravery to to going through with your accusations, because as we've seen in the past, in legitimate uh, cases of sexual assault or physical assault on women, the accuser is often put on trial. Right. That's what we've been told. Uh, Additionally, additionally, if the accuser of, for example, domestic violence comes out and opens up the door to what's going on behind closed doors, the person that they're with stands to lose a substantial amount of money, and it hurts their livelihood. I mean, look at Janae Rice, for example, right? Remember, Janae Rice didn't nest, didn't want to pursue this thing, and the reason she didn't want to pursue what ended up happening to Ray Rice was because of what happened to Ray Rice. The video came out. He was out of the NFL, never to return, and even though he's repented for his sins, it doesn't matter. And Janae Rice, who did nothing wrong, ends up being a victim doubly so because she's married to Ray Rice. They're still very much together, but he can't find a job in the NFL. And that video is the biggest reason why. It's not the only reason why, but the biggest reason why. So Tiffany Thompson is the accuser's name in this uh, Ezekiel Elliott deal. And earlier today... uh, It was released that the woman who accused Dallas Cowboys star Ezekiel Elliott of domestic violence admitted to NFL investigators of having a text exchange in which she discussed leveraging sex videos featuring her and Elliott for money from the player, according to documents obtained by Yahoo Sports. In it, she says, what if I sold mine and Ezekiel's sex videos? Her friend said we all be millionaires. We could blackmail him with that. Thompson says, I want to, bro. The friend says, let's do it. Thompson says, scared. Friend says, shoot. Only she didn't say, shoot. Friend said, I'd be like, look, give me 10K or I'll just sell the sex videos for the same amount flat. 
<laughs> me and my friends trying to go on vacation and get boob jobs. 10K, I want 20K. Now, <laughs> part, of, part of the problem with text messages, one, they live forever. Two, we cannot understand. Even if you put LOL or you put a smiley face, we don't know what level of truth there is to that. But the biggest thing is we can't, we don't know tone. We don't know, our, is, and does this in any way relate to the accusations? There's also text messages between he, between she and a friend where she tells her friend what to say to police and to tell them that he was dra- she was dragged out of the car, even though another friend said she was not dragged out of the car. My, my takeaway is that, look, these ugly details come out. This is a pattern of why so many women will not come out and accuse people of domestic violence. It also should be pointed out that why it's not just a it's not just a simple case. And the court of law is different than the court of public opinion is different than the court of the National Football League. And the National Football League has said, look, she may be a liar. She may have lied about other things. But the fact is that she had bruises and there's enough evidence there to think that at some point during their time together, during a specific time period, he laid hands on her. And we cannot put ourselves in the position to which we can't pursue this. We can't suspend you for this. And that's the difference between the court of law and what the NFL is operating within. Right? Have, has, has, who, has this leaked information created reasonable doubt? Absolutely. But it's also the pattern of why women don't come out. And it, you also could make the case that though she, she may have coerced her friend into uh, embellishing on part of the story, and she may have discussed blackmailing Ezekiel Elliott on another part of the story— the main thrust of the story is, did he ever lay hands on her? And that's it. And that's all we should be discussing. Did he or didn't? Didn't he? Period. As for the sex tape, uh, this is one of those millennials. And, like, look, there's a movie even called Sex Tape, right? Did anybody watch the movie? Was it any good? It was the idea that a husband and wife, right, record a sex tape. It saved to the cloud. And then all of a sudden... On iPads in their house, everybody got everybody got the cloud, and everybody. I didn't see the movie, but I understand it, and it's basically why any sort of parent knows, any sort of parent knows um, that that is not. That's why you don't want to be on the cloud with your kids. The answer is millennials all have these, all of them. All right. We'll get to that upcoming. We can't get my man a chair. Like, what is going on? All right, Joey Bosa is going to join us in mere moments here on the Doug Gottlieb Show uh, as, uh, as he sits down uh, out of practice. And we're here live at, at Chargers Camp. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So last year you didn't get to fully participate because of the contract situation and, of course, hurt your hamstring and then had an outstanding rookie season. What's it been like for you so far having uh, the full allotment of time with your teammates and with the new coaching staff? 
I mean, after going through Ohio State camps, this is it's it's kind of cake compared to compared to what college used to be. So uh, it's been a good experience. Wait, so college camp, Ohio State was more difficult than this? Oh, of course, two days are the worst. You know that you know they don't they eliminated two days <laughs> yeah, right after you left, right? Of course. Yeah, so yeah, it's wait so, until I leave. So, so it's so it's very very different. Um, yeah. uh, you guys you guys took on the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, the ones. You guys were out there for a very short period of time. You got a stop. You got a field, gave up only a field goal. Your ones went down and scored a touchdown beforehand. You guys have gone back, seen the tape. How did you think you played in your first preseason game? I thought I played well. Um, I think the whole first team played really well, but uh, it's a team, and uh, we're grading it as a team, and we, as, as a whole, didn't play anywhere where we needed to play, so uh, we're just using this week to, to get ready for next week and really – or this Sunday and and really show what we can do because I, I don't think uh, Sunday was a true showing. Of yeah, what no, we can look, do. Yeah. I was I was there. Went downhill in a hurry. Like yep, seven to three, and then a couple of couple of crazy turnovers, yeah. and, and all of a sudden it became a blowout in in the second half. Joey Bosa joining us, San Diego Chargers second year. Like now you're a vet, but it's been it's been so wild, right? Yeah, you had. You had the holdout, you had the injury, you had the season, you had all those crazy close losses where you felt like the game was going to be won, and then you had the coaching change, and then the, the franchise moves. Uh, for you, do you have, like, do you have the stability you desire? Like, it's, it's got to be weird to go in with so, so many moving parts. Do you feel stable now as a member of the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a crazy year, all the things you're talking about, um, but I've always been felt stable as a Charger. Uh, it's been smooth for me. Um, it's easy. My family and everybody helps take care of a lot of things around me so I could really focus on one thing, and that's football and being the best I could be on the field. So uh, it's it really hasn't been too bumpy of a ride. There was a lot of talk when you were drafted. There was like, well... He's a 4-3 guy. It's a 3-4. And the Chargers are like, look, we're in, you're in four down linemen defensively 65 70% yeah. of the time anyway. And, of course, it took a while till we saw you. When we saw you, it, you easily assimilated to the NFL. <clears throat> what about this defensive style? New coaching staff, new style. How are you going to be used differently than you were used last year? Uh, it's not too different. Um, like you said, 70% of the time we were in that sub-package 4-3 uh, defense, so it's really not too too big of a change. I think it, it fits our guys really well, and uh, we've been executing the defense really well this camp. So it, it, that was the big question coming out, whether I could play 3-4, and now we're back to 4-3. Yeah, right, now the question like... is, can I play 4-3? So it's really just... Uh, Isn't your job, don't you just have one job anyway, go tackle the quarterback? Get, get the ball, pretty much. Get the ball. <laughs> See ball, see ball, hit ball, ball, right? Look, Chris Fieldman for you. Uh, Joey Bosa joining us. Uh, What about Ohio State this year? Uh, There's a lot of a lot of talk this year. Last year, super young squad. After you and all those guys went pro, kind of surprised people Mm -hmm. really got the college football playoff. What's your take on the Buckeyes and the likelihood they get back to the college football playoff Um, this year? Well, I. I'll have to wait and see for the first couple games, but uh, I'm just excited to watch my brother play. I think he'll get a lot of time out there this year, and uh, I'm always excited to watch them play. So I can't uh, make any predictions just yet. All right, so look, Orange County, for people who don't know, it's only maybe an hour up the road from San Diego, but it's, it's different. Uh, you feeling comfortable yet? Like, do you have your spots? You got your place you go for your for your protein shakes. Yeah. You got your place you go uh, to get your haircut. Do you have your spots yet? Uh, no, because we've been pretty much in the hotel since since we got here. So uh, really haven't got out and seen the town at all since I've since I've been here. I've been to my house in the hotel 
really the only two spots I've been to yet. Anthony Lynn, he's never been a head coach before. So when you first met with him, what was your impression? Um, where did I first meet with him? I think we were doing something in L.A. Uh, and I just we, we had a quick word and right away I thought he'd, he'd be what we needed. Uh, every time I'm asked about him, I say the most important thing that he brings is accountability. He's making guys take accountability for their actions, uh, which there wasn't a lot last year. There were a lot of pointing fingers and uh, his fault, his fault, never pointing at yourself and saying what you can do better, but he's he's kind of forcing that upon the whole team. Is that why you guys lost so many close games? Um, I mean, there was a there was a lot of factors to, I think, losing those to injuries to, you know, giving up late. I don't know, but we're what, moving on to next year. Okay, so but, but help me out with that because you had been a part of a program. I mean, the thing about Urban Meyer's teams and your national championship team, for example, you found a way to win games that you should have lost. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing with Ohio State. Anybody's ever watched Ohio State, you know, you even go back to when Jim Trestle was there and they were the luck guys. They're like, how do they win that game? Yeah. And then you come to a pro team, and it was like the opposite for that, that stretch of like seven weeks where you would find a way to lose games that you should win. What, what is that emotionally? A guy who's as invested in winning as you are, yeah. what's that like to be a part of? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely tough coming in, but... Um, I feel like at Ohio State, nobody on the team ever believed that we were going to lose. So that's that's why we could always fight and pull through in those tough, close games in the fourth quarter. But, uh, I mean, there were some feelings around around the team last year when we'd get up and we'd go into the third quarter like, oh, no, here, here it we comes go again. again. Yeah. But, uh I don't know. It was it was tough to start, but um, I love my team and I'm I'm excited to be here. All so. right, so you played at StubHub. It's a, it's the smallest place in the NFL, right? Yeah. Uh, what's it like though to play on that field? Is that, I mean, did you like? Would you like it? Was it cool? Was yeah, it- I liked it. I mean, it was it was full at least. Yeah. So uh, I mean, the eight plays I was out there it was it was fun. I'm sure it'll be rocking during the regular season. Eight plays. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's yeah. got to be like the easiest it's Sunday ever, right? Definitely pretty weird to warm up and get ready and then go out there for two series. So how much are you going to play this week? Um, we don't really know yet. More, but not too much. All right. Joey Bosa joining us. Joey, uh, best of luck in your second year. Love to w- go out there and watch you play. I know you got a bunch of autographs to sign. Thanks yep. so much for being a part of the show. Yep. Thank you. All right. Joey Bosa of the, of the L.A. Chargers joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. More bolts to come. Coming up. Are the Chargers actually ready to fight for L.A.? There's this, we got to fight for L.A. we got to beat the Rams. But maybe more importantly, Raiders made the playoffs last year. Broncos have one of the elite defenses. And, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs do as well as, uh, as all three are playoff favorites to go against in that division. That's six difficult games in arguably the most difficult division in the NFL. We'll continue to cover it live here from Chargers Camp up next. But first... Here are some helpful tips you might not know about. If your tires are stuck in the snow, snow, maybe it's sand in Orange County. All right, if they're stuck in the snow, you can use floor mats for extra traction. And for perfect garage parking, hang a tennis ball so that it touches your windshield and you don't plow through your, to your backyard. Finally, here's another thing you might not know that's also really helpful. True Car also helps you buy used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars with their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars. You'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience. Whether you're ready to buy a new or used car, here's something you else you might not know. True Car users can see what others paid, so you know if you're getting a good deal before buying. There's also 
They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from L.A. Chargers training camp. Whoop. There you go, L.A. Chargers training camp. Uh, I can't hear myself right now. There we go. Now it's better. Um, and we're joined by Keenan Allen, who, of course, star wide receiver for the Chargers. And I say star because everyone knows when healthy he is a star in this league. But that's a when healthy. So first question I think everybody wants to know is how is your health? It's great. It's going good. Um, off season was amazing. Rehab was amazing. Training camp is going amazing right now. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I know, but this this has been like another year, another rehab. I mean, yeah. in, in, internally, that there has to be a, a little bit of a. I can't believe I've been so unlucky so many times. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, definitely disappointing. Um, like you said, when I'm out there, I, I try to make as many plays as I can. Uh, can't do it when I'm off the field, though. So definitely striving to be on the field. All right, so Keenan Allen, you're back out in the field on Sunday in the game against the Seattle Seahawks. Take me through kind of the mentality of being out there, wanting to show that you're back, that you're 100%, and yet also, you know, guarding against, you want, God forbid, you want anything to go wrong. Right. How do you go through that? Um, it's, I, it wasn't really in my mind. Um, I was playing unconsciously uh, as far as injury. Uh, and, um, you know, just trying to stay football-minded and do what I do on the field. So. Uh, Mike Williams, obviously, is the star rookie drafted first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, the report was likely to see him in October yeah. coming back from a, from, from a back. Uh, I was watching, you know, Kelvin Benjamin had that, was it, 89-yard catch and run, a beautiful yeah. throw from Kellen Clemens. I think that was in the late first quarter. I mean, he obviously can take the top off a of defense. Oh, we, we know that you can get... You know, you can be a, a double-digit catch guy every game. Obviously, you have um, Antonio, who caught the touchdown pass on the opening drive. You have Hunter Henry, who's going to be an elite tight end. Like, it seems like you have a lot of weapons. Right. Um, g- give me your sense of this group. Then you got Melvin in the backfield and out of the backfield. Give me your sense of this group as of now and then how it will evolve when Mike... Uh, gets healthy. I think it's going to be great, man. Um, like I said, we have a lot of weapons, uh, and everybody can be used differently. Uh, everybody can play different positions. Um, so bringing Mike into the thing is just going to add another uh, a big play threat. He's definitely a ball getter. And, um, you know, when the ball's in the air, I definitely believe it's his. It feels like kind of the game plan. And, again, this is more kind of layman's game plan is you have – you know, Mike Williams is a big, but big play, deep ball mm-hmm. down the field wide receiver. Same thing with Calvin Benjamin. And then allows to open up the middle of the field yeah. for guys like you and guys like Hunter. Is that kind of generally the way it works? Um, so, I mean, for your ideal team, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah you definitely want to have some deep threats. You want to have some guys who can run intermediate routes. And then you just want to have some ballers. So, I, th- I feel like we got it all. <laughs> I do. I, I do. Uh, how is this offense? You know, Wiz is back. Yeah. Working. Uh, working with the offense, something he did a couple of years ago in San Diego. How is this offense different from last year's offense? Um, well, we, we added Mike Williams. Uh, yeah. that's, that's obviously. I mean, in terms of schematically. Uh, like schematically, is it, um, is it gonna... I think well, the, the year that we had last year running, uh, I think that's going to 
be more aggressive on the ground. Uh, let, let Melvin actually go get the 1,000 this year. Um, keep him on the field, too. Keep him healthy. Uh, let's go get the 1,000, and then it's just going to open up more passing yards. So. The, the big, and I know I, I hate to start with the negative with the, with the injuries, but the other thing, and look, I'm a San Diego Charger fan, so mm-hmm. I, I felt the pain just like any other fan. The last couple of years have been ridiculous in terms of the number, the litany of injuries, not just yeah. you, but in the interior, in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you is there any way to protect against that? Is there anything like you guys were doing too much of in practice? Something in training? Like how did I've, I've never seen the volume of injuries that you guys had over the last two years? How do you protect against that? Um, it's hard to say, man. Uh, we we wake up and go go balls out all day long. Um, we do what we're supposed to do. Uh, weight room, off the field, uh, rehab, and all stuff like that. And then um, I guess it's just part of the game. It's uh, football. You've obviously played in some great environments. It feels like StubHub can be something really unique, really yeah. special, right? It's, it's like not 30,000 seats, and it's going to be full. You played there on Sunday. What's your thoughts on what it's going to be like next two years for the Chargers? I think it's going to be great, man. I think it could be loud uh, as long as we're, we, we got everything popping on all our cylinders, uh, offense, defense, special teams. I think it could be loud and uh, definitely supportive. So. There's this big fight for L.A. thing, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the deal, fight for L.A. Yeah, supposedly. So, like, how do you, how do you win the fight for L.A.? Win games. I I, guess. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's just very simple. Win games. Yeah, but do you have to like change the rims on your car? Do you have to? Do you have to? You know, do do something. Do you guys have to do something to capture the LA mentality? No. Nah. This is like an Orange County mentality. Is different than the LA mentality. LA mentality, I guess, is just win. I'm I'm going off of LA Lakers type. I don't think about the Clippers when. I'm, that's exactly what it is. You don't want to be the Clippers to this town. You want to be the Lakers to this town. And the first one to be the Lakers to the town owns the team, right? right. I guess so. Has, has nothing to do with anything else. You're good? Yeah. You ready for a great season? Amazing. All right, so if I'm a fantasy owner, do I go all in on Keenan Allen? Most definitely. Every, even last year, still go all in. I go, we go. I'm just – I just. you need to make the sale to people on why I Keenan Allen – I think the sale is made. It's just a – can you put some water on me so I keep growing? <laughs> Good enough. Don't Good luck die. this year. Keenan yeah. Allen, Allen joining us. Uh, we'll catch up with, uh, with Hunter Henry in just one moment. First, though, let's find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from L.A. Chargers training camp. It does, it does not flow off the tongue yet. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a little bit like uh, – it's got to be like for women when they get married and they change their last name. They're like, what's your name? Like, hey, you, you, you know, you just you, – you, you forget. Hunter Henry joins us, star tight end for the L.A. Chargers. Does it flow up there when people are like, oh, oh, you're a big dude. Who do you, who do you play for? I play for the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. Does it, <laughs> does it flow off the tongue yet? Not yet, um, but I, I, I'm getting used to it. I'm definitely getting used to it. We've gone through it since January. So uh, it was definitely weird during the offseason, but we're, we're all getting used to it. Antonio caught the first touchdown pass in the preseason from Phillip Rivers. Was that like part of the plan? Like, Hunter, we know you're going to touch catch a bunch of touchdown passes but Antonio's been here for like I don't know three centuries and so too has Phil so they got to have the first touchdown is that what did they did the, did the old guard kind of uh make that statement with that first touchdown pass for a second it just worked out to be honest oh it, it just it, happened it, it, to be it that just way worked out um there was actually a lot of debates on who who was going to catch the first touchdown but uh it just worked out kind of how the scheme went and uh, how the game was kind of flowing on that first drive so it was, it was pretty cool to see a legend two legends connect in the in the stuff up center for the first Time. No question. Um, I thought there was also something kind of symbolic about the drive in that, look, the Seahawks didn't play their ones 
much of the game. You guys didn't play your ones much of the game. But to march down the field and for everybody to really kind of get involved and to score a touchdown is huge for this offensive group, especially one like, look, if you followed the Chargers last year and so many of the collapses in games you should have won, it was so many times previous coaching staff would go for a field goal and not go for the, not score the touchdown. Is that, is that an accurate portrayal of, hey, let's not just go down there, let's punch one in to say that we're a different team this year? I think we, we wanted to do that. We wanted to prove a statement, basically, that we're, you know, we're an offense and we're an explosive offense, an offense that can score a lot of points. Um, we're, you know, we're practicing out here, getting better every single day, and it was nice to be able to go out as a, as a unit in a game atmosphere in the StubHub Center for the first time and, and go down on the first drive and score. What's that place like to play in? It's cool, man. I, I, I when was really... the last time you played in a stadium that small? Man, uh, probably high school, right? high school. Yeah, probably high school or a college, like a small. We had a small, actually, not even that small. Probably. No, no way. No, no, high school. No Definitely way. School. There's no way yeah. you played a place that small, yeah, small, small. small in college. No. Did you like it? I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's, it's a cool atmosphere, and it it was it, it got pretty loud. I mean, it, it kind of holds the sound in, so it was pretty. It was a neat atmosphere. You know, they have food trucks in there. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It's kind of a cool thing. Like they have concession stands, but then in the corners they actually have food trucks Ooh. inside kind of the stadium, yeah. so you can go and get and get everything. Yeah. It's kind of a that's, kind of a different deal. Hunter, that's good stuff. Hunter Henry joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. So uh, the move from San Diego to LA. Now, so now you're going to have to be Hollywood, right? Like now your boys back home giving you grief. <laughs> No, I'm I'm being the same. I'm gonna be the same old dude. I mean, that's just that's how I want to be. But we're really in Orange County, you know, know. kind of down here. But uh, so kind of, I'm living down here, so a little different. Can you name all of Philip Rivers' kids? Oh man, I know I know Pete and Gunner. Those are the two boys. That's about it. That's Not all you can. Line. You, that's you, all you I can know. You can only go too deep. I can only go too that's, deep. But the two boys, there's six girls, two boys. So I know the two boys at least. Probably harder to. That's probably harder to remember than the playbook, right? Ooh. Right, like <laughs> easy for him, but yeah, definitely hard for all no, of us. No, I guarantee. I'm a. I'm a parent. I have three kids. I can't remember their names. Yeah. I always call them the wrong name. Can you imagine that when he's just yeah, yelling I, out names mm-hmm. and they don't and they don't? He's a now, smart guy, though. He is. He is he's a, a smart, smart guy. guy. Now he's making the drive up from San Diego. You said you're living here. Mm-hmm. He's still going pickup truck all the way up here. So I think it's it's a van or something. He's taking a van up here and getting a driver. So <laughs> oh, uh, van that's, and the driver. That's the speculate. That's the that's the that's the um, you know information right now. What we got of what he's doing. So he's taking a van up here. Um, all right. So uh, I, I mentioned uh, to to Keenan Keenan Allen being back healthy obviously changes you guys. You got Kevin Benjamin. Eventually you'll have Mike Williams. You have you. You have Antonio Gates. You have Melvin Gordon. Like I, I'm, am I looking at this wrong? That feels like a loaded group in terms of offensive talent to you know guys for phil to throw and hand the ball to am i am i crazy to think that's a really talented roster oh uh, you're not crazy i mean we see it but we're not trying to buy into all the hype and all the different things i know a lot all of us really just want to come out here every single day and get better and better because really we have to go out there and prove it um you know you can hear all the hype hear all the talk of all of it but until you go do it and prove it then it doesn't really mean anything have so. you guys collectively taken bubble wrap and put it around the offensive line have you guys tra- have you guys tried that one yet <laughs> no we have not it's 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 a possible plan i mean yeah. you never know especially with what's happened the past couple of years it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world i know maybe Maybe. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Um, new coaching staff. What's the one thing that jumps out that they've improved upon? I just love Coach Lynn's demeanor um, and just how he is and his presence and what he's brought um, just into the sense of his presence. Um, and so just 
he brings a, a, a physicality to him and a, a chip on his shoulder to kind of want to prove. And coming into this new city, we need a guy that kind of has a chip on his shoulder like that. So um, I'm excited. I, I love Coach Lynn and love what he's brought so far. All right. Philip last year struggled with turnovers. Some of that is offensive line. Some of it is forcing things uh, once you guys had injuries, even at skill positions. But some of it, he joined us going back a couple weeks ago. He's like, look, I got to be accountable. I got to hold on to the ball more, uh, hold on to the ball better. Uh, what's your sense for Philip? This is he hadn't missed a game in 10 years, uh, but he knows he's got to have a better season. What's he been like in this training camp as opposed to last year? He's I mean, he is so consistent on who he is. I mean, he knows that he needs to be better, but we also all need to be better for him. I know the offensive line took it upon themselves to be better. We took it upon ourselves as tight ends to protect him better when we're in there protecting, when we're running routes. I know the receivers run, if we run better routes, sometimes it can it can work out for him. So, I mean, it's all on us, too, to help him make, make him better. But he's one of the best, I mean, ever. I mean, I, I haven't been around many. I've only been in the league for two years. But, I mean, just from what I've heard, I mean, he is unbelievable. It, so it, it's the, the difficult part for you guys is you should be better if everybody is healthy. You should have a really good home, home field advantage as opposed to last year where it was a lame duck year. It, it had to be difficult with the kind of begrudging love, respect, but you're leaving thing with the fans. On the other hand, the division is loaded, right? Like the Raiders, the Raiders go to the playoffs last year. They got a ton of talent, especially in the offensive side of the ball and a couple of playmakers on defense. We know what the, what the uh, Broncos throw out, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and their offensive skill group is really good. And then Kansas City, a place where difficult to play, great defense, some, some, some big playmakers on offense. Um, I, look, I know you don't have a great sense for not like a 10-year vet in the league, but it feels like this is arguably the most competitive division in football. I mean, I, I had I got to witness it last year. I mean, it's it's every single time you step on the field with those teams. I mean, it's it's a battle, and you got to be ready for the whole week to get ready for that battle. And so it's it's tough, um, but that's how you want it. You want it to be in the best division because it makes you better as a team and uh, and continue to go. I mean, and, and you know, if you get through that division, I mean, you have a chance to go to the, go to the end. Give me one guy who you remember, like dude, that dude is so much better live across the across the field for me than I possibly thought he could when I was watching on TV as a, as a college kid. Give me one guy that you remember like that. Oh, man. Probably Vaughn, to be honest. I mean, he's just he's just a complete package. I mean, he brings a lot to the table that's just, I mean. Like like what? So, again, you're lining up at tight end. You see Vaughn Miller. Like what? And obviously you've got to chip him. you got to help out. But to – to explain to us when I'm sitting there it's watching, just, like what what is it about him that makes can, him so he's good? He's so quick and quick off the ball that it's just it's it's hard to to read, but all the, at the same time he's so strong and powerful. He can come into you too, so you have to play both sides, and then he could just bow into you, and it's like okay, the play's blown up. So it's he's a tough guy to go against, but it, it's fun going against guys like that because I mean it's you're going against the best. The multiple tight end looks obviously it's one of the reasons you were brought here. Plus you know Antonio. Um, I don't know how he still gets open, right? Like, he hasn't been he, – he was never fast, and now he may have lost the step. But if you never had the step to lose, it doesn't really matter. But it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, that multiple tight end look, you have to be salivating when the two of you are on the same side and you know one, one of the two of you is going to be wide open, right? Yeah, I mean, we know that one of us is going to have a good matchup that we like. Um, but the thing is that people don't really realize Gates is still – he's still got he's, – he's still – he can move pretty good. 
You're saying he, that he's slow, but he he can move pretty good. You know, he can he's, he can he can he he's can, moving faster than you think. Well, plus you know that when push comes to shove, you might be open and he might be a little less open. Phil's going to throw it to him, right? <laughs> oh like, yeah, they, like they're, they're, they have that connection. They know where each other are when, without even looking at each other. They know and just have that feel for each other. It's crazy. Have you surfed yet? I have not. Why not? I don't know. I'm not not much of a surfer, I don't think. Uh, you don't have to be much of a surfer, but it's like one of those once-in-your-life things, and it's not like jumping out of a plane where you could die. I yeah. mean, I guess you could die. I don't know. I've seen all these sharks out yeah, there now. Yeah, I'll start I'm with the shark on. thing. You're not going to be, you're not gonna be deep know. enough I with the shark. I saw a video. I saw, I saw, I saw a video once on Facebook. <laughs> that, that's, that's the beginning of every bad sentence. All right, dude. Well, listen, if you want to get set up and surf, we can set that up for you. In the meantime, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, okay. right? All right. Sounds good. Hunter Thank Henry, you. who is, of course, star tight end for the L.A. Chargers joining us here, uh, giving us the lowdown. Can only name two of uh, Philip Rivers' kids. That's very, very disappointing. The Chargers roster is absolutely loaded, but um, is all that talent ready to make a run at the playoffs. Their general manager, Tom Telesco, he came here from Indy, part of the Colts organization, will give us his sense of all the moving pieces, all the moving parts in their fight for L.A. and their fight for the AFC West. That's upcoming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from L.A. Chargers training camp. It does not flow off the tongue. They do not, they do not have a 70s jingle that says L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. It, was, it, it, it did flow better the other way. Uh, we're joined by the general manager of the Chargers, Tom Telesco, joins us. He came over uh, after a, uh, a long run in Indianapolis with the Colts. He's been here since 2012, part of the move. Uh, to Orange County. Tom, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I know you were doing great, and then Perryman goes down with an ankle injury. Uh, you you know, you lose your first offensive lineman that you drafted. Mike Williams also injured. For a guy who's been trying to just get through a preseason and maybe a week one of a Chargers season without injury, what's this preseason been like for you? Well, you know, injuries are all relative, obviously. We're, we're not in that bad of shape. You know, we, we tend to look back at what's happened the last couple of years and think, oh, we're snake bitten. We're not. Um, you know, we, we think Mike Williams is coming along. He's looked really good the last couple of days running, but we still have a plan for him, so we're going to take our time still. Um, but, yes, lo- losing Denzel on, on Sunday is tough. I mean, he's, he's the middle linebacker, the quarterback of your defense, the guy that gets you lined up, makes the calls. He's a captain back there. So um, we'll have to have to make do. Uh, we got some other guys who need to step up, and we'll get Denzel back at some point during the season. Uh, obviously, Forrest Lamp, the guard, we won't get him back this year. But we have a lot of other guys that can step up and play. We're going to be just fine. Um, okay, so I-, I proposed bubble wrap around the offensive line for the remainder of the preseason. Is that is that too far fetched? Probably. Yeah. Uh, as a GM, I, I like your uh, your thinking on that. As a head coach, uh, Anthony Lynn would be absolutely not. Uh, but it's been nice to have those five guys line up every day with with each other practicing, uh, something we haven't had in the past. And that that offensive line group takes some time to gel and play with each other. It's not an individual group. I mean, it really is a group that has to play and get used to each other. So we've got five guys that are playing well right now. We've got a couple other guys that are fighting for spots there. But uh, so far, so good. Uh, tomorrow, the Saints come in. There's been a lot of talk about eliminating the last preseason game. And there are some, I was listening to Colin Cowherd's show, which precedes ours on Fox Sports Radio. And there have been people on his show like, hey, why don't you just do away with the preseason games altogether and just have these controlled scrimmages so coaches can see what they want, control what they want. 
and really focus on on what they're trying to work on in practice and and work together with another a coaching staff. You've been at this a long time. What's if you could create the best scenario? Hey, this is how I would create a preseason. So yes, everybody's healthy, but we also get the right work. So we put the best product on the field week one of the season. What would it be? It's just creating that balance. And I know there's been a big push for, for not four preseason games. If it ever went to three, we'd be fine with that, with the way we've practiced. We've practiced with the Rams twice. Got some really great work with them. Different team, different scheme. Uh, you can control a tempo a little bit more than, than a real game. Um, when we practiced with the Rams, they had a couple of receivers go down, so we took some reps off of practice, and that helped. If you're in a preseason game, you can't do that. Um, but you still need the preseason games to duplicate that game tempo that you just cannot do in a practice field even when you're working with somebody do we need four not necessarily if they ever cut it down i know we can make it work uh but for a lot of young players they need those game reps um it helps us evaluate them but these practices like with the saints thursday friday really key for us um to see a different team, different players, really helps us evaluate much more than we saw today when it's us versus us. You know, I, I, talk, I asked Keenan about this, asked Hunter about it. I mean, like, look, I'm obviously a fan and a friend, but I, I look at what you've done, and I saw Kelvin Benjamin with the 89-yard catch and run, a beautiful route, great throw by Travis. Uh, oh, so Travis did I say, why did I say Kelvin? Oh, Travis Benjamin. Different the, sizes. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, and right. much different speed, too, like two yes. completely different players. Yeah. My bad. Good catch. Um, so Travis Benjamin obviously can take the top off of defense, right? Mike Williams, I think, can take the top off of defense, go up and make big plays when, when, when he's healthy. And then Keenan, and some of this is his style, but also because of the injuries, uh, he's going to be a volume catch guy. And then you have the tight ends, volume catch guys. You got, it, it really feels like you built out – a very nice stable of offensive weaponry for Philip. Is that kind of generally, was that like the, the thought process and how you put it together? Yes, I think with Ken Wisenhunt, he wants to stretch the field vertically and horizontally. If you can do that, it just opens up a lot of passing lanes. So uh, we have a couple guys that I think we can get deep. Obviously, Travis being one of them. Tyrell Williams is an interesting receiver because he's taller, long legs, and he's not explosive off the line of scrimmage, but he gains a lot of speed, and he, gets a, he had a lot of big catches last year down the field. Obviously, Mike Williams runs well. He's a bigger receiver and can go up and make, make some plays downfield, and that can open up for, for Hunter Henry on crossing routes and, and Antonio Gates, obviously, and, and then Keenan can work the whole field, and obviously you got the backs of the backfield, so the more you can spread people out, the better. There's, there's this, you know, the, the marketing team has to fight for L.A., L.A., the Rams are the fight for L.A., and some people believe that one of the reasons the Rams drafted and traded up, drafted Jared Goff was they want to make a splash in the L.A. market. How much of trying to win the L.A. market – comes into your meeting room, into your decision-making? Well, about zero. You know, our, our, we're trying to win a division. Yeah, it really has, has nothing to do about Los Angeles. Um, if we win, we'll do just fine here. But uh, as a football team, you're squarely focused on winning your division, and that's it. So it's, it's really, you know, fight for the AFC West more than anything else. Um, and that's something we have to do. The, 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 the easiest way to playoffs is win your division. And we know we're in the best division of football, in my opinion, so it's a, we have a tough road in front of us. But... Uh, that's, that's our only goal right now. That everything else will come with that. Last year, you struggled to get Bosa into camp. Then he gets here, and then he pulls a hammy, and you don't get him for the first couple of weeks. You've had him the whole camp. You had him all of last year. Um, fair to say as good or maybe better even than advertised? Yeah, I mean, he, you can see the step he's taken from this offseason to now. Um, yeah, this is his first training camp. It's like he's a rookie um working here but uh it's just you know more repetition for him he's working great we against russell okun every day um both those guys learning with each other but both melvin ingram and joey bose have looked really good in preseason so far what is what do you not know about your team like you had week one preseason you still don't you know what you got philip you know what you got some of these 
what are you still trying to figure out about your team? Great question. We got to see what our identity is. I don't know what it is yet. You know, we have a new head coach, a lot of new assistant coaches. I have a good feel for individual players, but as a group, what are we yet? It's hard to tell in the preseason. Preseason is more about you can evaluate individual players. Very hard to, to evaluate your group on offense, defense, special teams until the regular season. It's a different tempo. La- last question I got. I got only got a minute left. Have you or anybody in the organization addressed whether or not players are going to stand for the national anthem? Uh, Anthony has addressed that with the team and. Uh, it's been addressed. And is, there, is, 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 is it going to be public knowledge? Uh, no one, Anthony, probably not. But, yeah, he, he addressed that uh, pretty early on, I believe. All right. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's Tom Telesco, of course, uh, spent over a decade with the Indianapolis Colts and has uh, been with the Chargers as their general manager since 2012. He did like my idea about bubble wrap. That was, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, it's got legs. I don't think it'll have legs, uh, you know, make it through the head coach, but it does have some legs. All right. Um, if you really think Ezekiel Elliott is going to miss the first six games, wait till you hear some of the other one details. And two, who is handling um, who is who is handling his appeal with the NFL? It may change your mind, and it may uh, change your view of the Cowboys' season. That's upcoming next live from Chargers Camp, the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from sunny Costa Mesa. California, site of the L.A. Chargers training camp. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, I could fix this whole thing, by the way, this whole marketing campaign with the Chargers, right? Fight for L.A. Why are you fighting for L.A.? They should have fought for Orange County. They should have been the Orange County Chargers. It's weird. It's, 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 it's really, really interesting to me what happens when um, in – in real estate, right? It's location, location, location. Like three things uh, establish the value of your home. Location, location, location. And the reason that the Angels, who are located in Orange County, call themselves the Los Angeles Angels of Greater Orange County or whatever, instead of the, they used to be the Anaheim Angels, is because of the value in the branding of Los Angeles. Now, the Angels are not in L.A., no one in L.A. thinks they're in L.A. Like, no one in their right mind would believe that the Angels are a Los Angeles-based team. Now, the difference is that the Chargers will actually play in Los Angeles County, not just this year playing at what's called the StubHub Center, where the L.A. Galaxy call home, but then in future years playing at the, at the Rams uh, the Rams co-owned facility, right, which is in Los Angeles. But to me, like, you know, and I understand that the value of the franchise will skyrocket once they're in L.A. And that's what happened with the Clippers, right? The Clippers don't own the arena. Right? They, they didn't own the arena, and they don't even own the town. And they own zero banners, and yet they were sold for a billion dollars above valuation. Now, part of it was the timing of it and how quick that sale was made. And he had Steve Ballmer who had money to burn and he just burned through it and just threw a bunch of cash. So he, but the reason he threw a bunch of cash and paid more for it was the Clippers were in LA and that was the value to him. But in, you know, in building kind of a thing and a presence and fan base, you got to go somewhere where you're wanted like, that's one of the things that the Raiders are going to have. One, there are Raider fans that have moved from Los Angeles, and there are Raider fans all over, and the Raiders are much more of a brand, right? And there's, there's kind of a coolness to the counterculture to the Raiders, right? Before there was MMA, MMA fans were Raider fans, right? Or even MMA fans now are Raider fans. They just are. 
Like the Raiders kind of have a, th- a thing to them, right? Like the, the black hole is kind of like people get dressed up like it's Halloween and dudes on weekend furlough spend all, their, all of their time going to Raider games. So the Ra- And the Raiders are going to Vegas where I know they're getting a hockey team, but let's be honest, nobody really cares, right? But Vegas has been like, somebody, just somebody tell us you love us. Please somebody tell us you love us, that you want to stay here. You don't just want to come here for three days and throw a bunch of money at strippers at, at the Spearmint Rhino, right? And the Raiders are like, we'll stay. We love you. Every game, everything they do, once they, the second they get, they land at McCarran Airport and they stick their flag in the ground, everything the Raiders will do will be hyped beyond belief in Sin City. It just will. I think you actually could have had that in Orange County. Like, Orange County has been this, like, shh, don't tell anybody. It's way better than L.A. Like, right? Like, the traffic isn't bad. There's no crime. The schools are better. Right? You, you still have you have you have you have the same oceans, you have the same mountains, you got all the same stuff, but you just don't have all the oh, L.A. stuff. Right. Had had the Chargers said like, hey, look, build us a stadium in Orange County, which there was talk of. You would have had some of the bleed over in terms of value of the market from L.A. And you would have had you would have had people throwing their arms around you because no one calls, no one like says out loud, I live in Orange County. Oh, I love Orange County. They just don't. The angels don't do it, and they've been here forever. I actually think that's the misstep. That said, I think they can score points. And among things that win fan bases, winning, number one, number two, do I want to watch you play? Will you score points? No one wants to watch three yards in a cloud of dust unless you, you win. But if you lose 50 to 48, hey, it was a good time. All right, let's get to what's the story of the moment. Chris Sheridan, uh, who uh, has written about and covered hoops uh, for over 25 years, of course, for uh, SheridanHoops.com, NBA source said today, this will be LeBron's final season in Cleveland. He is 100% leaving relationship with owner is beyond repair. Uh, Rick Rick Buecher tweets out, worth noting, in light of LeBron's comments about Donald Trump, Cavs owner Dan Gilbert reportedly donated $750,000 to his inauguration. Remember, this is LeBron James at King James tweeting, Hate has always existed in America. Yes, we know that. But Donald Trump has just made it fashionable again. Statues has nothing, nothing to do with us now. So this comes this this is not necessarily as much about basketball as much as two people who cannot coexist. That's it. Here's what's crazy about it. Okay, Uh, I read a story where there's a, a couple who are getting divorced about. Uh, over, you know, one uh, having dinner with Donald with Donald Trump. I'm telling you, like, this LeBron thing, if if the straw that broke the camel's back is Dan Gilbert donated money to LeBron, to Donald Trump's inauguration, LeBron found out about it, and LeBron was super pissed. Plus, you have the Charlottesville thing and all of the missteps by the White House afterwards. He would not be the first. He will not be the last. Ask your friends who are married. 
Ask your friends how many of their friends, or just ask yourself, have you lost a friendship over this presidential se- over the presidential election? I guarantee you have lost one. I guarantee it. It is the most polarizing topic in the history of polarizing topics. It is the embraced debate of all debates to be em- embraced. Like if you if you were pro Trump and your neighbor was pro Hillary, I'm guessing that at some point you are not friends anymore. And if it didn't occur during the election season, it probably occurred during the last week. And so do I believe that that is part of it? I damn right I believe it's part of it. Because I know people who they're like, how could you vote for that dude? And I know people who are, how could you vote for her? I can't believe it. I can't look at you the same way. And it really is amazing. It is amazing. And in many ways, I, I, I actually think what LeBron's saying, without kind of thoughtfully articulating it, is true. I mean, the, the truth is that, look, Nazis are repulsive. They just are. I mean, who celebrates who celebrates the Nazis? They killed 10 million people, 6 million Jews. Right? So they are, they are, and any symbol of them is, in fact, repulsive. Um, and I have always believed that the Confederate flag is similarly repulsive. It's not the same. Okay, but there's some similarities to it. And as much as it it might bring pride if you're white from the South in terms of historic culture, think of the hurt it brings to somebody else. You're like, eh, I could probably do without it. Um, but there have been Nazis and white supremacists have marched before. They will continue to have their organized marches. Like, this hasn't changed. What has changed is, and look, some of this is the time in which we live in social media and also people being able to uh, find out about these protests and rally and anti-protest the protest and the viciousness of it. And you know, some people come armed and that puts every, everybody's antennas up and the police are already there and they, they have to protect uh, organized protesters. That's part of our First Amendment rights. Hey, you have the right to organize. But these things have actually existed before, and they've always been repulsive. It's just the way in which the rhetoric that comes out of it and the way in which it's handled from the top has changed. And some of it, I'm sure, is our perception of it. But a lot of it is the reality of it has changed. So that's where I'm telling you, though, that there's a lot of things that have caused this soon-to-be divorced between LeBron James and Dan Gilbert. The Comic Sans, the fact that the fact that Dan Gilbert never Dan Gilbert, though, he tried to do everything LeBron wanted in terms of empowering LeBron and LeBron's people. It just was a it was a relationship which had gone bad. They had gotten divorced before and they tried to get back together for the kids. In this case, the kids is the Cleveland and Akron and Northwest Ohio. And that's just that never, ever works. But I have friends that 
are struggling in their relationships with their significant other because their significant other is a pro or anti-Trump person. Like, this is a huge thing. And it's, the, it's completely believable to me that at least a portion of what will drive LeBron out of Cleveland is the fact that Dan Gilbert donated $750,000 to the inauguration of Donald Trump. I, and to anybody like, no way. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, one of the reasons that I think the polling polls were off was because there was a sense for people who supported Donald Trump that if they said they were going to support Donald Trump, they would be made out to look or feel like racists and they didn't no one wanted to say it and yet when they got behind the covering of a booth, then they made that selection. And so it made it really hard for pollsters who, by and large, have gotten things right over the last century with the same process, could not get it right because they could not factor in. And the reason that people wouldn't say it is because it is that divisive. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Right? I mean, the only thing that I think equals it is like, it's like when people say, good luck winning the abortion debate, right? You'll try to be the first person ever to win the abortion debate. You're never, you're never going to win it. Because if you're pro-life or pro-choice and you try and talk to somebody from the other side, you're just, you're not going to, you can have a thoughtful conversation. You're walking away liking the other person less. You're going to try and have a thoughtful conversation about the president or about why you shouldn't have voted for the president. You're going to walk away and you'll be like, that person's an idiot. I cannot deal. I cannot do business. I cannot, and for LeBron James, I cannot make money for a guy who's going to donate money. I, I, I totally think that's part of this. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Coming up next, um, we are going to peruse the sack to find out how long I believe Zeke Elliott will actually be suspended. We'll get to that live from Chargers Camp next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We are broadcasting live from L.A. Chargers training camp in Costa Mesa, California. Um, if you want to, like, where is Costa Mesa, California? Some people, if you've flown into Orange County Airport, uh, that's in, I think technically that's actually in Santa Ana. Uh, but that is, I mean, like 10 minutes from here. Uh, we are 45 minutes south of downtown Los Angeles, probably like 35 minutes with no traffic, which actually does exist, but late at night, to LAX, um, and probably 10 minutes from the water. If you just look where Newport Beach is, look where Huntington Beach is, and like the, the town that's kind of squeezed in the middle but doesn't actually get to the water, that, that would be Costa Mesa. Anyway, that's where we're broadcasting live from. Actually, Costa Mesa High School, Orange Coast College, right across the street from one another, and uh, just down the street from the Chargers' brand-new football facility, they're uh, practicing here um, just out, just off the Orange County Fairgrounds, and the Orange County Fair has just come to an end. I'm not sure if you guys 
there isn't actually an Orange County Fair. So um, not sure if there's any leftover fried Twinkies or uh, fried Oreos, but uh, fair food no longer part of the menu. If you missed Hunter Henry, Joey Bosa, and uh, I think we had Keenan Allen as well as Tom Telesco in the first hour of the show. You can either, one, follow us on Twitter, at Gottlieb Show, or download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, iTunes, uh, or on FoxSportsRadio.com. Wherever podcasts are downloaded, download it. You can listen to it and talk about a bunch of stuff, about the new team, the new regime, the new offense, the new city, all of these things. And uh, don't be afraid to rate us when you download the podcast. Let's find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> All right, I got a sack of games in there. Steve DeSager is back in studio mm-hmm. in the Valley. Steve, uh, what you, would you pull out of the sack? Looks like we are playing. I know Joe, no Joe and Ramos today, by the way. We still have around on the board. What are we playing today? Psychic. Mm-hmm. Psychic? You got to guess here. You got to come up with what's going to happen in the near future in the world of sports as you sit in Costa Mesa, uh-huh. south of Anaheim, south of City of Orange in Orange County. We'll go to NFL for question number one. As we know, the arbiter will be Harold Henderson overseeing the Ezekiel Elliott appeal. NFL Network says that uh, appeal on the suspension will be heard August the 29th. Doug, will Zeke serve the full six game suspension? I don't think he will. Um, Remember, Harold Henderson has reduced suspensions in the past, even with Greg Hardy reducing his suspension. By a lot. um, And by a lot, by 10 to 4. I think this will be reduced as well. And part of the defense is some of the evidence which has come out. Yahoo Sports tweeted out a story, uh, printed a story earlier today. uh, Some of the text messages from the accuser to her friends and I think that'll create a substantial amount of doubt. My guess will be he'll get four games. All right. Next question. Giancarlo Stanton went deep for the 44th time this season. Last night against Madison Bumgarner. Today, two for four. No homers. He has, with that big contract, cleared waivers now. Doug, will he be traded before the end of August deadline? It's a great question. It's one that I'm going to ask Tom Verducci, who's going to join us upcoming in just seven minutes. Tom Verducci, Fox Sports, Major League Baseball analyst, also writes for Sports Illustrated. I'll ask him. I think the answer is yes. I think this really? is the, the, the one issue is the new ownership group. Do they want John Carlos Stanton? But like, look, uh, was he had 12 home runs in six straight games but before today? Mm-hmm. Um, just a dominating player. So six out of the last seven games, I think, is like 12 out of the last 14 games. Uh, remember, his contract is backloaded. And as talented as he is, if you can get a litany of prospects for him, why, why wouldn't you move on from him? They do not have a championship-level ball club. I think it would uh, be really hard to say we're going to build around $295 million remaining on his contract. And for, uh, for the Yankees, for the Dodgers, um, for, you know, for those two clubs specifically, if you can, if you're going to use your prospects for anything, all you're hoping in prospects is to get a player like that, and you could absorb that sort of salary. I don't think it's crazy. I would say uh, yes. I do think he'll be moved. Hmm. And Giancarlo Stanton from Sherman Oaks, California, side of our studios, by the way. And you do mention new ownership group coming in. Derek Jeter's supposed to run things. They're not drawing flies there. Still, paid attendance for today's game was seventeen thousand. That's the paid attendance to the NFL again. Browns tackle Joe Thomas gave big news on quarterback Brock Osweiler, saying, "I think they're grooming Brock to be the Week One starter. Will Osweiler open the season as the Browns' starting quarterback?" It's competition 
Yeah, he makes the most money. I think that makes makes a ton of sense, right? You give Brock a chance to – if he's going to fail, you give him, a, you give him a, a legit chance to succeed in front of everybody, and then if he's not good enough, you, you move on from him. He's making so much money. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think the plan was to start Deshaun Kaiser week one anyway. So, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. To college football, Jim Moore, a UCLA head coach, told Yahoo he thinks, and he could change his mind later, but right now he thinks that quarterback Josh Rosen – will stay in school after this season, back for his senior year. Will Rosen be staying or leaving after this season? I think he'll stay. I think there's a chance Sam Darnold stays as well. Uh, there's a perception out there that both those guys are gone, but if you look at the history of the quarterback position, you are far more likely to succeed the more time you spend in college and and having and having a real sense of a, how to run a college offense. And I think Rosen's a guy I remember missed time because of a shoulder issue. Uh, he, and he needs to change his body. But I think it's more probable than not that both of those guys, hmm. both of them actually stay in college, even though they'll be top ten picks. And I know that Matt Barkley fell in the draft, but Andrew yeah. Luck stayed an extra year. Mariota stayed an extra year. Uh, Peyton Manning stayed all four years as well. I, I actually do believe that, that he'll stay in college. An NBA item, Kristaps Porzingis, reportedly the top target for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Would the Knicks, will the Knicks, part ways with Porzingis soon? No. No, they're not, they're not, they're not trading Kristaps Porzingis. Based That's on great. talent. Like, they're keeping the talent, you're saying. No, I think that they, they're like, look, we'd like to trade for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving wants to play in New York. But he also wants to play in New York with Christoph Porzingis, and mm. that's why he wants to play in New York. And the Knicks, like, we're building – like, now we got two building blocks. Whoever we sign, trade for, whatever. Uh, no, they'll try and trade Carmelo Anthony for him, and therein lies the rub. Final item, Blake Bortles had a bad practice with Tampa Bay, airmailing wide receiver Allen Robinson on video and others. Robinson was clearly frustrated with him. Will Bortles be the Jags' starting quarterback at the end of this season? I think he will. I think this will be, you know, this will be a year in which he breaks through. I, you know, um, obviously he's had troubles, but I also think guys have bad practices, and this is just broadcasting it on TV. And this, yeah, this video was all over. But don't you agree? This is not just the only bad showcase that the guy has had. No, no question, no question. On the other hand, what are there other possible mm-hmm. options? And that's what's in the sack. <laughs> that was Gottlieb's sack. You know, it, it's funny, in talking to some of these NFL people about the quarterbacks, they're like, look, Rosen he got kind of like a body like a high school kid last time. We've seen him, and he got hurt last year. Darnold made a lot of plays, only started, only played in 10 games last year, and has a little bit of a long windup and makes a lot of plays with his feet. Like, got to see him a little bit more from the pocket. And there's a lot of talk of Josh Allen. I don't know if you guys saw people. Josh Allen, who checks a ton of boxes in terms of how big he is, how strong he is, 28 touchdowns. But did you know Josh Allen only completed 56% of his passes last year? Right? 60% is usually the, the median for... Uh, a first-round draft pick guy, right? Like, it's really – that was one of the knocks on Deshaun Kaiser was completion percentage, 56% in in the Mountain West. It's not like you were playing against some of the elite defenses. And we'll see Josh Allen against Iowa on the road to begin the season. You get a good look. Plus, he also plays Oregon uh, in the third week of the season. So you see him against more athletic, better defenses and uh, and how he slings that slings that arrow around. Rumor has it that the Marlins are willing to engage with other teams on a trade for John Carlos Stanton. Now, look, 
anybody can be had in Major League Baseball or in the NBA and the NFL. Like, oh, he, you could trade for him. What, are you, what, what is the asking price? But John Carlos Stanton has cleared waivers. The team has been sold. So does John Carlos Stanton end the season as a member of the Marlins? We'll catch up with Tom Verducci from MLB on Fox as well as Sports Illustrated. He'll join us after we find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, the Cubs thing is fascinating, right? Like, they were so interesting last year, and uh, this year, I don't, I don't know, we're not interested. We just expect them eventually to win the division and just let St. Louis hang around, letting Milwaukee, who's won three in a row, hang around. And though it feels like they're playing better, they lost last night to the Cincinnati Reds after a win the series against the Diamondbacks. Uh, lost the series to the San Francisco Giants, who stink this year. The Giants stink. You lose two out of three on the road. Lost two out of three to the Nationals. Lost two out of three to the Diamondbacks at home going back a couple weeks ago. Interesting. Joe Madden's tried to shake up the lineup as well. Uh, let's catch up with Tom Verducci, MLB on Fox Plus. He's written the Cubs way, the zen of building the best team in baseball and breaking the curse. Uh, Tom, they broke the curse. I think all of us expected some form of hangover. But the hangover, like, this is like a hangover that lasts a couple of weeks um, for, for the normal human being. What, what's your level of surprise with the fact that the Cubs sit only a game and a half up on the St. Louis Cardinals here in mid-August in Major League Baseball? Yeah, big-time surprise because, like you, I expected there was a little bit of a hangover. You know, Joe Madden slow-played his, his older starting pitchers in spring training because they you know, pitched that the seventh month last year. It was the right thing to do. But, yeah, to be in a dogfight with the Milwaukee Brewers with six weeks to go in the season, I mean, come on. But, you know, a lot of things haven't gone right for them. You know, the pitching hasn't been nearly as good as it was last year. And i got to be honest with you, Doug, it's not a great offense. I mean, we just chalked up Kyle Schwarber, for instance, as being just this impact hitter. And he's just a shell of what we thought he would be. He's getting chewed up with velocity above the belt. You know, that hasn't changed. I mean, he went down to the minor leagues and still hasn't really turned around. Jason Hayward is, is always, it seems like, a work in progress trying to figure things out. Ben Zobrist has really come back down. I mean, he looks like age is catching up to him. So it's not nearly the same team as last year. Listen, I still think they're going to win the division. But right now, man, it's uh, it's a grind to get to 87 wins trying to fight off the Brewers, Cardinals, and the Pirates hanging around. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's fascinating, fascinating to watch. And, look, I've been told not the greatest clubhouse in the world. You, you wrote the book on it. Um, What's your sense of the actual clubhouse and how all of these egos, especially young guys who know at some point they're, go- they're going to get paid, how they've, they've learned to coexist? Yeah, I thought it was funny. I was talking to Terry Francona about this with his team, the Indians, coming back off the World Series excitement last year. He said, listen, October is so much fun, especially for a young player for the first time. You're the only game in town, the bright lights, a lot of attention. It's easy to get, uh, you know, energized in the, in the atmosphere of a big ballpark. And then you come back the next year, and it's April, and the weather stinks, and there's 10,000 people in the stands. And you forget how you got to the World Series, not by grinding it out every single day. And there's a tendency, human nature, to just kind of get back on your heels and go through the motions a little bit. And I think the Cubs have been victimized by human nature, to be honest with you, with a lot of young players who had success very quickly. And 
I thought by now, at this point in the season, that lesson would have hit home because I think the Indians have learned that. Um, but I haven't really seen that with the Cubs in terms of really just getting back to being a team that absolutely grinds day in and day out. John uh, Carlos Stanton continues to murder baseballs. It's actually bigger news when he doesn't hit a home run today <laughs> than when he hits one last night. And he cleared waivers over the weekend. The team's been sold. They owe him $295 million. And, of course, he, has, he can opt out of, out of the contract. What, what's your sense of the legit possibility that John Carlos Stanton has moved um, uh, on, in a, waiver, in a post-waiver trade uh, this year? Yeah, this year I don't see it happening. I mean, first of all, the sale hasn't really gone through. And everything I'm being told that everything right now at the Marlins is pretty much going through the commissioner's office because it is kind of in that, that limbo territory before it truly does pass hands and they get the okay and the new ownership group. And then after that, I can't imagine new ownership group comes in. And listen, that fan base down there in Miami, there's no question they haven't been able to fall in love with that team, right? They really haven't done anything to promote the team over the years. Players have come and gone. As soon as they're bad, they, you know, they pull the trap door on the team. They really need to get some loyalty from their fan base. So I don't think the first thing you do is trade your absolute best player, the definition of a franchise player. Yeah, I, I get the contract thing. It's so backloaded that the, the big bills are just now coming if you own the Marlins. But I got to be honest with you, I, I know there's a possibility, and certainly there's rumors about trades. I don't see it happening now, and I don't see it happening in the offseason. Um, look, Mike Trout is probably not going to win the MVP, right? He just it, – it'd be hard. You know, he could play, I think, 115 games max. That's only happened where guys played that few of games and won the MVP. But he's having arguably his best season of his career. And the Angels, I don't know if you saw it, Tom, they won again today. Look – I'm an Angel fan. I don't think they're any good. But here they are right in the thick of the wild card. They're three games above 500. How in the heck is this happening? I don't know. I want an inquiry. I can't figure it out. It makes no sense. They actually have allowed the fewest runs out of any of these wild card contenders. And you look with all their injuries and the people they are sending to the mound, you know, the Parker Bridwells, the Keenan Middletons of the world. It's amazing what they're doing. And I, I'm with you on Trout. I don't think it's impossible, though. I think this guy, first of all, I never rule anything out with Mike Trout. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. So I'm not going to say he's not. he can't win the MVP. George Brett did it with 117 games by hitting 390. You know, Trout's going to have almost a, you know, like a 470, 480 on base percentage. And if he gets the big hits down the stretch and puts the team in the playoffs, you know, again, I can't say it's impossible, Doug. I mean, I, I love Jose Altuve. He's probably the front runner. Right. But there's enough season left, and the Angels do have a backdoor to get into the playoffs here that Trout could steal this thing in September. Well, also, I mean, like, look, I, I don't know how much, how, how big a factor you think it is in terms of the supporting lineup, but Altuve's got an incredible offensive lineup around him, right? And, look, it does help Trout's on-base percentage that why would you ever pitch to him, right? You, did, you don't throw him a strike at all, and you make him chase it, or you walk him, and you face somebody else. But, I mean, his, the, the, the two lineups, I'm not sure who you would take in the Angels lineup above any of their top six hitters, maybe seven hitters, with the Houston Astros. I mean, Altuve's got Correa, and Marwin Gonzalez is having an incredible year. Like, I could go through the laundry list, whereas... Uh, Mike Anderson Simmons is having a ridiculous year because nobody thought he could hit, but he's the second best hitter with the Angels lineup wise. That has to that has to help Trout's argument. I agree with you. Listen, the, the JV team in Houston is pretty darn good. They got guys coming off the bench who are slugging it 
And you mentioned the walks with Trout. you got to remember, too, when he's walked, he's still making things happen. I mean, he just destroyed the Mariners over the weekend. They didn't want to pitch to him, but it seemed like he was scoring from first base on base hits every time he looked up. So he turns walks into runs because he's such a good base runner, and we know he's a great defender. So, again, listen, I think this is one of those years where down the stretch here, those MVP moments, you know, the big games that decide who gets in and who gets out, it, can, it couldn't really come down to those moments. And when it comes to that, I'm not ruling out Mike Trout. Aaron Judge can set the single-season record for most consecutive games with a strikeout by a position player with 33. Uh, right now he's tied that distinction with the donkey, Adam Dunn, who had uh, 32 consecutive games in 2012. What the heck happened to Aaron Judge, who was uh, who you couldn't pitch to in the first half of the season, and now he's a little bit of a windmill in the second half of the season? Yeah, definitely the chase rate has gone up. I I think, listen, I'm not one of these people who believes in this so-called jinx of home run derby. I mean, that's just ridiculous. These guys hone their swings over years and years and years. You don't lose it one day. But I think what happens is you play in that environment, home run derby, you're the the it guy at the all-star game. Everybody's talking about you, your rookie of the year, your MVP. I think the second half of the season, he just has tried to do too much. You know, he's tried to be Superman. He's tried to live up to all the attention that he was getting. Remember, this guy went to spring training. The Yankees weren't sure he was going to make the team. Maybe he was a fourth outfielder, a platoon guy. So he had all the success early, and I think trying to keep it going, uh, he's definitely become a guy who's chasing outside the strike zone, and pitchers have adjusted to him. I mean, you watch the way they pitch, and they, they really extend the strike zone vertically. It's the same old story. Fastballs up, which is a hard time getting to because of the launch angle and his swing, and breaking balls down, and those are the pitches that he's chasing. So they're staying out of the middle of the zone, and it's more stretching it vertically up with velocity and down with off speed. Um, the Dodgers are 50 games above 500. 5 0. 50 games above 500. And uh, and they're doing it without Clayton Kershaw and without Adrian Gonzalez. Like that, it's I don't know which part is is more remarkable. Um, but you, look, you talk to you talk to everybody in Major League Baseball. They play the Nationals tomorrow in a series. Who do you think wins? Dodgers. I mean, I I didn't hesitate, but uh, I can't say it's 100 percent certain because if you gave me a healthy Steven Strasburg. Now, all of a sudden, when you go Scherzer, Strasburg, and Gio Gonzalez has had a really good year this year, they could be a team that matches up with the Dodgers, maybe has an edge starting pitching-wise, depending on what Kershaw is like. Um, But I I would still go with the Dodgers. Listen, they look to me like the 98 Yankees. It's just one of those years. They're just incredibly deep. I remember the 98 Yankees. You know, you look at their record, and I forget what it was, but on day games after night games, when, you know, the bench players would get a chance to play, they would destroy people with their bench players. That's the Dodgers to me. And, and I know people bring up the Mariners of 0-1, 116 games, and they go out in the second round. They did not have any anything near the starting pitching that the Dodgers have right now. So I, I don't think that's a fair comparison. I, listen, I think they're the team to beat. It's the Dodgers and the field. I would have put the Astros in there before the All-Star break. But to win the World Series, to me, it's the Dodgers in the field. And I'm not so sure you'd be wrong to take the Dodgers. Read his stuff in Sports Illustrated. Buy his book, The Cubs Way. Or, of course, you can see him on the MLB on Fox uh, this weekend. Tom Verducci. Tom, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for being our guest. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks. Uh, Pleasure is absolutely mine. Colin Coward says, this NFL quarterback is the most valuable player in the NFL. And it's not who you would think. What did the Fox say? You'll find out next. 
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, top of the hour, wait till you hear uh, the news from Chris Sheridan as to one of his NBA sources, what he said, but the likelihood LeBron James returns to Cleveland. And uh, then when you'll, we'll read you one of Rick Buecher's tweets, and you'll find out, by my estimation, at least a portion, and I think a sizable portion, of what has led to LeBron wanting out of Cleveland. That at the top of the hour. But every day at this time, we bring back for you a portion, a portion of uh, of one of the Fox Sports Radio shows that were on previous to this one, whether it's Colin Cowherd, Rich Eisen, Dan Patrick, Clay Travis, uh, or even Undisputed. Uh, all of those shows you can hear on SiriusXM Channel 83 or on one of our hundreds of affiliates nationwide or on the iHeartRadio app where we're available as well. We call it What Did the Fox Say? And now... <laughs> All right, so Colin Cowherd had this to say in regards to who the most valuable player in the NFL actually is. There is a difference between great and valuable. And in my opinion, the two most valuable players in professional sports in America are Andrew Luck and LeBron James. Kawhi is more valuable than LeBron. If Kawhi Leonard left tomorrow, first of all, they'd get a good player for him. They still have a great head coach, a great owner, and an unbelievable scouting department. It's a pretty good free agent destination. They'd be fine. They would be fine. When I look at this offseason for the Cavs, remember the last time LeBron left Cleveland? They went from 61 and 21, and the next year they were 19 and 63. I honestly think if LeBron left, they may be worse. That's what I say about Andrew Luck. If Cam Newton left, they still in Carolina have a great owner, a really good head coach, and a terrific defensive roster. Cam's good. He's not that valuable. Colin's argument makes sense in terms of the stats when LeBron left, right? And uh, Nick Wright brought this argument up when he joined us yesterday, talking about, hey, Michael Jordan leaves, and they only win one or two last games in Chicago. The problem with that argument is it's all based upon the construct of the team. Right. Like he's not wrong. If you, if Andrew Luck leaves in Indy, it's going to be a house of cards. Matter of fact, if Scott Tolzien starts game one against the Chargers, load up on the L.A. Chargers, load up. But that's because of the construct of the team. This is what I it's a it, this is a sports versus non-sports discussion. Right? Like if you want to look at it and just look at the number, like that's fine. Like the the Cleveland Cavaliers, when LeBron left last time, were built for LeBron. Right, they put shooters all in place. They weren't trying to get other guys that fit what he did well. They were trying to get guys that fit around him well. Same thing with the Indianapolis Colts. Try and get guys that fit around. First thing is, any of these NFL quarterbacks go down for the most part. Your team's going to stink. I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you. Go back and look at what happened when the Carolina Panthers, when Cam Newton was hurt two years ago when he got in the car accident. How'd they play? Not particularly good. When he was healthy, how'd they play? Pretty good. But the construct of the team, 
for LeBron James when he left Cleveland last time. It was all built around, let's get as many guys that space the floor, that give him the chance to operate and to be LeBron, to be the best LeBron. And that is not a philosophy that allows LeBron James to get hurt or LeBron James to leave and still be good. When he left, half the team was gone. Antoine Jameson, Shaquille O'Neal, you go back and look, and they got rid of half the team, and they went super, super young and super, super cheap. So you can change and misremember what happened, but that ain't what happened. When the Chicago Bulls, when Michael Jordan left, nobody thought he was going to be gone forever. They didn't blow up the team. They kept the same team. And they had an incredible roster of really good players. They also couldn't win, get past the New York Knicks. The difference was they didn't have Michael Jordan. Didn't have Michael Jordan. So you want to compare the two, fine, but there's all other sorts of factors. But the main thing is the construct of those teams was completely top-heavy. And I mean, look, when Peyton Manning left, was hurt for the Colts. How, how well did they do? Does that make Peyton Manning the greatest quarterback ever? No. Aaron Rodgers is better. Tom Brady is better. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Chris Sheridan has a report about LeBron leaving Cleveland. Why? Find out next. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live and direct from L.A. Chargers training camp. L.A. Chargers training camp. Just, uh, that just flows off the tongue, right? It's like when a woman changes her last name because she gets married. And she's and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, my last name is Kerplankowitz. Kerplankowitz. Susie Kerplankowitz. Wasn't it Susie Smith last week? Like Susie Kerplankowitz. It just flows off the tongue. Like, yeah, no, it really doesn't flow off the tongue. L.A. Chargers. They, don't, they had that cool 70s San Diego Super Ch- Doesn't really have it, have it here. We uh, do thank Tom Telesco, the general manager, Joey Bosa, the young star defensive end, Hunter Henry, who I would encourage you to load up on if you need a tight end your fantasy team. I know Antonio Gates caught the first touchdown pass for the L.A. Chargers in the preseason. I think Hunter Henry is going to have a big year. And Keenan who pronounced himself fully healthy. This is the Keenan Allen who has been out with season-ending injuries four of his last five football seasons. So we'll, we'll see. No, those sirens are not coming to get me. They are not. But we're live in, uh, in Costa Mesa, California. Um, this, there, there's there's a, a tweet and a subsequent story after the tweet, which I find to be interesting. And I, I'm going to ask you to, to think about it from your own perspective. All right. Uh, Chris Sheridan from Sheridan Hoops, who, of course, uh, we worked together back uh, a long time ago when I was at ESPN. Uh, Chris Sheridan tweeted out an NBA source today says uh, this will be LeBron James final season in Cleveland. He's 100 percent leaving relationship with the owner is beyond repair. And you're like, wow. Wow. And then Rick Buecher tweeted out that, uh, keep in mind, keep in mind, Dan Gilbert gave $750,000 to Donald Trump's inauguration. We have discussed before that LeBron James and Dan Gilbert made the mistake of being the married couple that got divorced that tried to get remarried, right? It doesn't work, right? Didn't work for Pam and Tommy. Ain't going to work for, for Dan and LeBron. It's not. But, look, and I, I've been married for 17 years, and today I won an argument. I just I want 
I won, I won an argument. Now, uh, I don't know how much I'll be able to do the victory lap on the argument, but I won an argument. It ain't nothing like winning an argument. So I have a, a dog. The dog is a sheep-a-doodle. Right? It is arguably, arguably the cutest dog you have ever seen. It's smart, easy to train. It actually reads the dog food can like Alpo, no meat byproduct. Why do you want to fix this up for me? It's an amazing dog. My dog's name is Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. If you follow my wife on Twitter, he traveled across country. He's no one, no one can resist Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. No one can. Um, and our new abode in Southern California has a pool. We did not have a pool in Connecticut. That's because pool season in Connecticut lasts June, July, and August, and that's about it. It seems, and uh, and but. Having a pool and having kids that can all swim, are really good swimmers, uh, is is great, obviously, in Southern California. But we didn't think of the dog. I mean, I just thought all dogs can swim, right? And you just throw them in once and they swim out. like that's. So my wife was like, well, I don't know. Let's put him in. And I got to tell you, this dog, it was even by doggy paddle standards, was a bad swimmer. Right? It was flopping. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So... My mom has a 13-year-old golden retriever who is blind, and I kind of think deaf, uh, and has previously fallen in her friend's pool. So she actually has a life preserver for the uh, a not like a, not 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 uh, what is not not a water wings that would be funny too. Uh, it's like a life preserver for a dog. You take it on a boat or whatever. So she brought it over, and my wife was trying to teach my dog how to swim, and I was like, well. That doesn't make any sense. The dog's not going to know when it has the life jacket on, doesn't have the life jacket on. You teach it to swim with the life jacket. Then when you throw it in without the life jacket on, it gets in. He's just going to sink because he's expecting to float. So my wife would not leave the dog in the backyard when we're out of the house because she's afraid. What if the dog gets in the pool, hops in the pool, chases a squirrel, falls in the pool or something? Uh, can the dog swim? I was on a conference call earlier today, and my wife uh, – Went and ran some errands, and I had all three kids, and they're inside the house. I'm being a good dad. They're all on their devices, right? The eye nanny, as it's called. And uh, my dog was looking at some, like it was like a leaf or like some sort of, it, it, was, it, it looked like a dog toy and was floating in the water, and the dog circling the water, circling the water, circling the water. And eventually, he jumps in the water, and I'm like, I got to see what happens. Right? It's, again, and to tell you you think it's cruel that I watched it happen, once you have three kids, you understand this. First kid, don't touch that. You'll hurt yourself. Second kid, you sit back. Yo, don't touch that. You'll hurt yourself. Third kid, you say to your friends, watch this. He's going to hurt himself, right? So it's the same thing with dogs. You're like, I got to see what happens. I wanted him to get just to the point to where I he might drown, and then I would be willing to jump in and get the dog. And you know what happened? The dog jumped in, didn't get what he was trying to get, swam out to the steps, and got out of the pool, and, of course, did the doggy shake. In other words, my wife, who Googled, can all dogs swim, and proved to me beyond a reasonable doubt that I didn't know what I was talking about, that my dog could, in fact, swim because it's a natural-born instinct. She was wrong. Daddy was right. It's a good day. But this Trump argument, he ain't winning that one, brother. I have watched politics and studied it my entire life. I'm fascinated by the political process. I have always watched debates. Uh, I was in the debate club when I was in high school, and it's like one of my rare like nerddom. I was an athlete, but I, I, I like I like I like to learn the history of politics, why people won, why people lost, the different campaigns that run. Like I, I find that to be fascinating. And 
I, I can't even I couldn't even watch it this year. Right. It was too like there was all because it was it's so incredibly divisive. And so, look, LeBron James probably has other issues with Dan Gilbert and uh, some of them are reasonable and many of them are unreasonable. Right. They're one of those couples to which they're probably best when they're together. Right? His successes are champion more because he's one of their own. And when he failed, even when he failed in the first NBA Finals or he failed this year in the NBA Finals, hey, it's LeBron, it's Cleveland, right? Like, dude, it's Cleveland. Can you imagine you got to the finals three straight years? That's almost like winning all three because it's Cleveland. And he, oh, LeBron, he did it for home. He did it for the kids of Akron, all those kids he's putting through college. Like, he's doing great things, but he, he gets the kind of Cleveland benefit of the doubt. Like everybody else in the world knows, hey, Cleveland sucks, and you're making Cleveland suck a whole lot less. So we'll give you a pass if you don't win as many championships as you could because you're doing it in Cleveland. That's reasonable. And Dan Gilbert needs LeBron James. His, his franchise is worth five times as much with LeBron James. Every seat is full. They played the NBA Finals. He makes a ton of money. It's kind of, it becomes a glamour team in a non-glamour city, and it's letting bygones be bygones. But he never, Dan Gilbert never said I was wrong. I never should have wrote that letter. And LeBron James never said I was wrong. I never should have left. Like, n- they never worked through their issues. And because of it, it was a divorce and then a remarriage, and a divorce is bound to happen. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. Like, look, Dan Gilbert has spent more money than any owner in the NBA over the past three seasons, each of the last three, past three seasons. And LeBron James comes out middle of the year last year like, ownership's got to spend money. Like, dude. We're in tax cap hell. So some of the concerns are legit. Some are illegit. <laughs> but here's how I want you to look at it for a second. If, if you uh, try and have this thought in your mind. Have you ever, if you are a anti-Trump person and somebody says, I think he's awesome. Or somebody says, yeah, I'm, I'm a pro-Trump guy. It's one of those one of those rare discussions in life when, and it's, this has become such a polarizing topic. When you say it, you immediately, I can't listen to another word this person has to say. There are some really intelligent people that voted for both sides, either side. Very intelligent people that were like, you know what? This, and here's why. This, and here's why. But for whatever reason... It is. It was such a toxic process, and our perception and perception becomes reality of both candidates, but especially of our current president of the United States. And, of course, it's amplified with what happened in Charlottesville and the reaction to Charlottesville. But you think about, like, LeBron James appeared at the Hillary rally. LeBron James has made comments um, that, uh, that are, I mean, like, look, he even tweeted about Donald Trump, right? Hate has always existed in America. Yes, we know that, but Donald Trump just made it fashionable again. Statues has nothing to do with us now. He also said on, on Saturday after the Charlottesville pro- protest, it's sad what's going on in Charlottesville. Is this the direction our country is heading? Make America great again, huh? He said that. Our youth deserves better, flat out. Like, look, he is clearly... An anti and if you ask anyone who is anti-Trump, you're like, look, yeah, I voted for him and I donated money to him. Like, you're done. I'm done with you. That that is what has happened in this. It's not a political debate. It is a political divide. Debate is you make your statement, I make my statement. 
I got my side, you got your side. We kind of go back and forth, and people decide who's right and who's wrong. Like, that's, a, that's not a debate. This is a divide. And I find it really hard to, to believe that it's because they lost, right? Like, he hired the coach that he wanted. Um, did he want the, the general manager? Yeah, but that doesn't really change. He not only paid players that Rich Paul, his best friend, represents, but he overpaid players that Rich Paul represents. LeBron James signed the biggest contract in the history of the sport last year. So it's not like he hasn't gone cheap. It has nothing to do with going cheap. Like, all of these things can be fixed. The most believable part about why LeBron would leave Cleveland again is, you know, Dan Gilbert supported Trump. Like, nah, no, no. He gave 750 grand to the Trump inauguration. What? Oh, dude, I'm out. Out! And if this is, in fact, true, if the relationship is beyond repair, it explains why Kyrie is like, Check, please. Wants wants to not be the last guy playing the violin or the fiddle on the Titanic. And it explains why the relationship is irreparable. All right, when it comes to anthem protest, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I'm like, look, my wife, I'll just one, one last point. I, I, I'm, I, I've kind of maintained an apolitical status about it. I was really, really into the process, and then it became, and then my wife's just like, did you read this? Did you see this? We've been happily married for 17 years. I guarantee I come out and take a strong, and look, she is very much anti-Trump. I, if I came out and said, honey, you're wrong about this. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Stronger likelihood than, than any other thing I could do that she would, that she would leave me. I really believe that. I honestly believe that. And if you want to say, like, no, try it at home tonight. Try it at home tonight. Go, go for it. Knock yourself out, big boy. When it comes to anthem protests, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Don't believe me? Take the case of Des Bryant. He is feeling the wrath of the political divide. Share with you how next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. So th- this is what happened on, um, on Undisputed yesterday, What right, was uh, Shannon Sharp called out, who did he call out, Just the head coach of the... Uh, Cleveland Browns now, right? He used to be the um, – Hugh Jackson used to be the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Then most recently, going back two years ago, was the offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, all Hugh Jackson said was like, you know, like, look, I'm a football coach, and we hope everything ends up all right. And he, he just wanted to take an apolitical stance, right? an apolitical stance. Des Bryant was asked about the national anthem protest. Whatever they got going on with them, that's them. I don't really have nothing to say about that. That's for John Mashota. He's joined us previously from the Dallas Morning News, covers the team. So Arya Stark says, gosh darn, only she didn't say gosh darn, shut up. I like you as as Des Bryant. Wait, wait. She told him to shut up, and he said he had nothing to say about that. So Des tweets back, which is the big mistake, right? Don't quote me on nothing. Y'all asked me about it, and I wasn't in the mood to talk about it. Not saying I don't care about it. Somebody named Zoe. 
Well, F Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Honestly, John, John's the reporter, put out the quote. You need to take this BS down because you know how it looks. I'm focused on football right now. Somebody named Rise Up. You don't know, you don't think something's wrong with your job if you can't speak your mind or stand for what you believe in. Bruh. It's the wrong place. This is from Des Bryant. And time to be talking about that. I care about my black people at the same time I have a family. All right, here's the thing, kids. Okay? And this is very, very important. Imagine if at your job, you went in and somebody says, Hey, Jim, do you have that report for me? I do. But you know what? F Donald Trump. There, I said it. F Donald Trump. Like, yeah, do you have the report? Like, yes, I do. But first I want to take, like, no, 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 no. This is a place of business. And this is kind of one of the things that's lost. I appreciate and respect anybody's desire to get their point across to where they're willing to sacrifice their job, their time, more than anything, their time. Like, the reason most of us aren't as politically active, let's just be honest, is it's time is a time sucker. It really is. Because right? what do you do if you have a political cause? Like, what's the best way to, like, you got to go knocking door to door and having conversations with people. First, a lot of people suck. You don't actually really want to meet them. You know, you knock them on your door, knock on the doors. Like, one of the things about, about uh, Mormon missionaries, like, I, I respect them. I'll have a conversation with them. Sometimes it's an awkward time. Like, look, I'm just going out of the house. I just... I just I was just going to get some milk. Like my wife just sent me to get some milk. Like, dude, I, I'm sorry. I do. But I do respect that. You know, you've been walking up and down these streets trying to preach what you believe is to be the gospel. Like, I respect that. But just because you're willing to sacrifice your time, and time is in fact mine, doesn't mean I am. Like, not only do you have the right to have political discussions in this country, you actually have the right to say nothing. You got a right to go like, you know what? I just, I don't have the time or the energy or the desire right now to engage. I'll leave it to people who do. And some people who are smarter than me and some people who are dumber than me. Like we're, we're to this point to where you're like, well, there are a portion of people who, if you speak out about your political beliefs, stick to sports. And if you stick to sports, well, then you're not saying enough. You don't somehow care. You know? There's a substantial anti-Semitic movement in parts of Europe. It bothers me. My parents, grandparents, Jewish. I raised my kids mm, sort of, sort of uh, we, we don't necessarily raise them in any one religion, but they are half Jewish. It's bothersome. Do you think Fox Sports Radio, for even one moment, wants me to talk about that? Because, oh, And if I don't, that I don't care about Judaism? I don't. I don't talk about it. Time and place. Time and place. Like, you don't think I'm bothered by, like, Nazis? Yeah. You say Nazis, and you start throwing a swastika around, and I start thinking, like, these have to be the dumbest human beings on Earth. Forget about what they did to Jewish people, what they did to uh, anybody else who stood in their way. Like, look what happened to them. (laughs) They lost. So, but, but that's not, that's not time or place. 
And just because I don't speak about it doesn't mean that it's not important to me. And doesn't mean that you're not allowed to speak out about it yourself or tweet about it or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, you put in a guy like and and as much and I love Des Bryant. We went to the same university and unfortunately he got suspended for the remainder of his what became his final season at Oklahoma State. And I think he's evolved very much as a person. Um, but like, do I want do I think Des Bryant is a great person to articulate all of the trials and tribulations of a black man in America? I don't know. I don't know if that's a great form to put him in. Right? I don't know if that's the best. And he seems to like, I, don't, I, I just don't want, this guy doesn't want to talk about it. He won't talk about it. It's different than when I conduct an interview with somebody. And, for example, we had Hunter Henry on. Like, if I want to ask you about the offense with the new coaching staff, like, that's a reasonable question that fits why we're here, why you'd want to hear from. But if I want to ask Hunter Henry, I'm like, who you been dating? What do you think of Charlottesville? What do you think of Charlottesville? What the like Donald Trump said, like, dude, I want no part of that. That's what he would say. I want no part of that. And that doesn't mean he doesn't care. That doesn't mean he is not a a sympathetic person, an empathetic person. That's not that doesn't mean that he doesn't have political beliefs. He just like, hey, I, I my job is to play football and that takes the discussion away from football and it takes too much energy away. Like it take it is exhausting. Think about this. Um I don't know where you're listening to the show. You can listen to the show anywhere in America. First two hours you can catch on XM. This hour you can catch on your on many of your affiliates. I know we're on in Austin now. I believe we're coming up on in Phoenix as well. Think about how much energy, like when the election was over, and you were whether you're on Twitter, you were all watching CNN, you're watching Fox News, you're watching MSNBC, whatever one of these channels you're watching. Think about how exhausting that was. Whatever side of the political divide you were on. And then think of now, like, you're a professional athlete. All these dudes got, do is they come out, they practice, and they go on the film, and then they lift, and they eat, and they go back into film, and then they work out, and then they practice, and then they, it, like, that's all they do. They're hamsters on a wheel. Like, hey, I want you to take some of your time and some of your energy and give me a thoughtful discussion and give me a thoughtful comment on Charlottesville, Virginia, to which you don't really know about. I don't really know about. Maybe you watch the Vice thing on Twitter or online or on Facebook or whatever, but that doesn't necessarily give you a whole perspective on exactly what you should say. Like, I just, I don't want to engage. It takes away from my job. And right now, like, the best – and by the way, the best chance to have a huge platform for any of these athletes is to perform well in football. And then you're able to give speeches outside of the world of football. That, that's actually what many of these NFL teams have said to their players privately. They haven't said don't talk about it or don't protest. They said, like, is that the best way to get your message across? You know, if you think that's the best way – you go for it. We're not going to stop you. But the best way is win a bunch of games, and then you go on the banquet circuit. You go on TV. You go on Fox or ESPN or CBS or NBC, um, and then you can make your statement because then you're a Super Bowl champion making the statement, a Hall of Fame player making a statement. Think about the, the power of what LaDainian Tomlinson said during his Hall of Fame speech. LaDainian Tomlinson has been apolitical. His his whole life, even his post-football career, like he hasn't been out there 
protesting or making his political statements known, but what he what he gave us and go back on Facebook or go online and watch this. It was really powerful. He gave me. I told him this. I saw. I ran into Danny Tomlinson on Sunday at the Charger game, and he was up in the 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 local CBS booth. Dan Fouts and Spiro Dita. Spiro's a very good friend of mine. We broadcast games together, NCAA tournament games together. He invited me up. I brought my son up at halftime. And LT came by. And LT was on our show, I think, last week. We started talking about his speech. And I said, hey, man, listen, I, I wanted to tell you what you did and why it was so powerful to me. Like, um, like people don't know, like, my. there's never been a, there's not a forum to tell my family's story. Like, my family's story is pretty cool. Great grandparents coming over on the boat. What my grandpa did in order to make money to become an accountant and became an accountant to be a car dealer and how he made himself into a very wealthy man. Like all of those things are amazing parts. of. But it's not really a forum to it. And as you told a story about your great, great grandparents that I didn't realize. Like I didn't realize the generations that had come on the boat. I don't I didn't start to think about how you get your last name for the person who owned your family, and then you end up living on that land, and your parents worked and your family worked on that land. Like that to me, that it didn't blow my mind. It gave me a different perspective on your story that I could not have appreciated had you not had time and the platform to articulate it. And you picked the perfect time to do so. Um, but all of that was because he had waited till the right moment and the right platform and prepared himself for the right way of presenting his feelings about a racial divide in our country. I thought it was magnificent. And, and I don't think that's what Des Bryant is necessarily saying, but I do think we can give Des Bryant the benefit of the doubt of like, hey, man, I just want to play football, and I didn't have my best season as a pro. I got hurt two years ago. Like, I, I just... I got to be the best Des I can be, and I can't engage on the Ezekiel discussion. I don't want to engage on the Charlottesville discussion. I just want to engage on the Des Bryant, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. Uh, Dak Prescott is my quarterback discussion. And from there, all things, all other discussions are possible. I think that's reasonable. A future Hall of Famer in the NBA is about to be unemployed. We'll get into, into that in the press. That's upcoming next. But first, let's find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from L.A. Chargers camp in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. I mean, a pretty easy translation, right? Costa Mesa, California. Costa, coast, Mesa. It's a Mesa, right? It's like a Mesa's like a flat area, right? Yeah, sort of. I think so. I think that's a rough translation. Uh, anyway, we're in Costa Mesa, California. Uh, my thanks to the Chargers. They've been outstanding with us, man. Really, really good with us. Uh, Tom Telesco, I thought, was as interesting as a general manager can be, right? Like, normally general managers, like, they don't want to. But I, we had a, a very interesting discussion. Losing Perryman is going to hurt them. You lose your middle linebacker who, as he described, the quarterback of their defense. Losing Denzel Perryman yesterday. Or was announced yesterday. He lost him on Sunday to a badly sprained ankle. Actually, tore a ligament in his ankle. Um, gonna hurt him. Gonna hurt him. Uh, but they do have. Uh, and Mesa is table in Spanish. I'm aware, but it's like f- a flat area. Can be Mesa can be table, but Mesa also can be kind of like a flat area. I don't know. Um. Anyway, uh, you know, it's like a flat area overlooking the coast. That's coast of Mesa. 
But uh, but I do think like Melvin Ingram having a great camp, Joey Bosa uh, looking like he's even more comfortable having his first full training camp, and then having a plethora, a cornucopia, a potpourri of offensive weaponry for Phillip Rivers and him being reunited with Ken Wisenhunt feels like a recipe for a pretty interesting team. And I don't know if they'll be great, but I think they could be good. And last year they were actually pretty good. They just could not punch the ball in, get enough touchdowns, and avoid the big mistake that allowed so many comebacks, I think six and seven games. Let's get to the press. The press. Steve DeSager joins us. Steve, what what do you got in the press? Good afternoon once again. Let's start with the Chicago Bears item. As a reporter for covering the Bears, Chicago Tribune notes that Mike Glennon is, quote, a strong favorite to open the season as Chicago starter. The report is, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that rookie Mitch Trubisky starts week one against the Falcons next month, but I would consider Glennon to be the strong favorite based on everything the Bears continue to say, end quote. Yeah, I mean, like, look, you're John Fox. You're in a contract year, a lame duck year. Uh, You've been bad as head coach. They draft Mitch Trubisky after signing Glennon. You're going to take on the Atlanta Falcons, defending NFC champions, as they open up a new building. Is it smart to throw a rookie out there, especially when the Falcons load up with even more pass rush? Like, that sounds like recipe for disaster. (laughs) Throw Glennon out there. He'll be the sacrificial lamb. Best case scenario, he plays well, and you get to start him a couple more games, or you get to start him the entire season. Worst case scenario, you end up going to Trubisky late anyway. You mentioned the facility for the Falcons. The media tour of the new place was today. This is a $1.5 billion facility. They had announced their pricing plan for the stadium menu for fans last May. $2 hot dog, $2 Coke, $2 popcorn, $2 pretzel, $5 cheeseburger. When have you heard this at NFL games or stadiums in general? There's a Chick-fil-A. Of course, it's Atlanta. There's a Chick-fil-A inside the new stadium, but typical Chick-fil-A. It will not be open on Sundays. The Falcons only have one non-Sunday game in the regular season at home this year, a Thursday night or late in the season. Uh, that's an oops. Yeah, right? Like Chick-fil-A is like, look, we're not open on Sundays. Do you want to be in the new stadium? Yes, we do. Hey, guess what? Um, in two seasons, I believe, the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. What day yep. is the Super Bowl on? That would be Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, And I know they, they got other events. They got soccer there. Absolutely. They got the Final Four is going to be there, whatever. But the biggest event in American sports is the Super Bowl. And you're not going to be like, look, I, I get like We're willing to sacrifice profits because we don't believe in being open on Sunday. But come on, just... Just a little chicken sandwich on a Sunday, right? Like They're making their stand, like you're, you're talking last you're okay. We're okay with playing football and watching football on Sunday, just not eating chicken chicken sandwiches on chicken sandwiches on a Sunday. I believe that is a bit of an oversight. Just, uh, there there has to be who makes the second best chicken sandwich? That's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. Wendy, you think Wendy's? Uh, oh, by the way, there's a Chick-fil-A down the street. Well, here. there I'm is gonna, no second. In Atlanta, Georgia, there is no second. Uh, well, there's Bojangles, which Bojangles also makes catfish. Like, and I know when you think when you think like drive-through catfish, it doesn't sound like a good idea. No. Have some Bojangles, and you'll you'll change you'll change your mind in a, in a hurry. Um, and so, look, here's the thing about the Atlanta Stadium. Two things: I like the I like the the pricing. I do. I'm not gonna like not gonna look a gift, lift, uh, look a gift horse in the mouth. But how much do the tickets cost? How much does the parking? Parking. Like, yeah. They're gonna get they're gonna get you somewhere. Secondly, secondly. I'm not as big on this, uh, the, 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 what is it, uh, the, um, the stadium video board as everybody else is. 
It's a thousand feet around up at the top. It is, but it's at the top of the stadium, right? Like, I don't want to watch the game and then look up. And then watch the game and look up. And then watch the game and look up. That feels problematic to me. That feels like a bit of an oversight to me. Get it over. Two other things to mention, though, at this 71,000 seat stadium. There are going to be so many events, including that Alabama-Florida State opener, Tennessee-Georgia Tech a couple days after that. Chick-fil-A will do a killing on those. They are expecting in the first 10 days the place is open, 500,000 people to walk through. They are still working out the kinks on the retractable roof, though. ESPN NBA has reported uh, today the Bulls are expected to agree to a buyout with Dwayne Wade, quote, at some point in the next few months. Wade is 35, averaged 18 points a game for Chicago last season, but opted into a huge contract for the coming season, nearly 24 mil. They opted into that earlier this summer. They've waived Rondo, traded Jimmy Butler, rebuild. Well, uh, like, look, it was, I never understood it. They didn't just get Dwayne Wade to come home. They overpaid him with a two-year guaranteed contract to come home. And so anybody who feels bad for Dwayne Wade uh, for being underpaid when he's in Miami, now he's overpaid and he'll be bought out to not play in Chicago. Uh, But, I mean, pretty obvious where he's going, right? I mean, isn't he going to Go play with LeBron James for a year in Cleveland and then wherever you know, else, in, then in L.A. or whatever he yeah. goes next year. I, that just seemed like he'll be on the LeBron tour. Remember, LeBron and him hugged when LeBron came back to Miami and he was overheard in the microphone saying, let's do this again. We'll do it again sometime, sometime soon. So it, it just it appears too obvious that that. Yeah. That, that that'll happen. Only time enough for two more stories here. One, what the Saints are dealing with, and it came out today and confirmed by the coach, they have fired two-team orthopedists after it was discovered that cornerback Delvin Bro of New Orleans had a fracture in the fibula, originally diagnosed as a bruise. That was the last straw, apparently. Uh, yeah, you know what? I don't know enough about it in terms of the fracture in the fibula. I can only tell you that uh, there are times in which things don't appear even on the MRI, right? So it's like... Like there, there are there are fractures that and well, Mark Teixeira a couple of years ago no, with the no, Yankees took right. a while. I had this when I was in college. Teammate of mine, Scott Robish, like we were calling him every name in the book because he said his leg hurt, his thigh hurt, and he had had X-rays before X-rays, and there's nothing wrong with his thigh. And he's you know telling us every day how his thigh was killing him. Then he had an MRI done. They're like, oh, there's actually you actually have a a you know a um, it's serious, a stress it's fra- real, a, a stress fracture, and we like we felt terrible about it. So but that's, I guess, part of being an orthopedist is you get it wrong. Yeah, these two doctors have been apparently a long time on the Saints staff and have also worked for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, finally, the list out from Forbes on highest paid actresses for 2017. Number one, Emma Stone, who won an Oscar for La La Land. Pre-tax, and this is pre-deductions for lawyers, agents, all the rest, $26 million dollars. Jennifer Aniston, including the endorsements, 25 mil or so pre-tax. Jennifer Lawrence, 24 mil. And also in the top five, Melissa McCarthy and Mila Kunis. Uh, well, Melissa McCarthy is super talented. and um, But she's, she's the question is going to be like losing all that weight. Does she still command the same dollar heading forward, right? Like that's. She played the hilarious oh, Patrick right. for a long time. Now she's lost a lot of weight. She's still hilarious. I just wonder if that ro- if the roles change. That's going to be interesting. Jennifer Aniston, I, like we, the power of Friends and the fact that we all, so many of us grew up in love with, like that was our first TV love affair. Because I can't tell you one thing. What, what was she in that was so good? 
<laughs> well, she had like a piece of a company that got sold, various endorsements, and yeah. But, but she has checks like otherwise. a fine wine. She, she has aged quite well, and that's mm-hmm. the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Does the NFL really want the truth, or do they simply want good PR? We'll get to the bottom of some of the stuff which is bubbling to the top with Ezekiel Elliott post-suspension. That's upcoming next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. So, look, the NFL has... um, I understood what happened with the NFL, and I think most of us understand what happened with the NFL. But the the problem is that uh, the reality of a... The reality of a he said, she said in the NFL and um, all of the digital messaging involved in it and the investigation, the thoroughness of the investigation are being called into question. So Ezekiel got suspended last Friday for six games. At the time, uh, Ezekiel's representatives and the NFLPA greatly disagreed with it. There is a Yahoo story which has some text messages between the accuser um, and one of her friends, Tiffany Thompson, is the accuser. And one of her friends, they're talking about blackmailing Zeke Elliott because they have a sex tape. The NFL released a statement. Over the past few days, we've received multiple reports of the NFLPA spreading derogatory information to the media about the victim in Ezekiel Elliott's discipline case. It's a common ta- tactic to attempt to prove the innocence of the accused by discrediting the victim. In this case, Ms. Thompson when coming forward to report such abuse. Common or not, these tactics are shameful. Efforts to shame and blame victims are often what prevents people from coming forward to report violence or seek help in the first place. The NFLPA released their own statement. The public statement issued on behalf of every NFL owner is a lie. The NFLPA categorically denies the accusations made in the statement. We know the league office has a history of being exposed for its lack of credibility. This is another example of the NFL's hypocrisy on display in an attempt to create a sideshow distract from their own failings in dealing with such serious issues. They should be ashamed for stooping to new lows. Uh, should be pointed out that Harold Henderson is going to hear the appeal. The appeals officer, Harold, Harold Henderson, Reduce Greg Hardy's suspension from 10 to 4 games. The hearing is set for August 29th. That should be good news for Ezekiel Elliott. He's caught in between this. Uh, there's some issues. There's some issues with her credibility. But the NFL, uh, NFL believed that though there's some issues with her credibility, there's, it's credible enough that she received bruising from Ezekiel Elliott. Like, yeah, maybe she was going to blackmail him for a sex tape, but that doesn't mean that he didn't abuse her. And maybe she wanted her friends to embellish some of the story, but that didn't mean he doesn't, didn't abuse her. And by these stories leaking out, it creates public perception. Here's the first thing that came to my mind with all of these leaks. This is why Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. If Tom Brady did not destroy his cell phone, his personal business would be out there in the public. That's why he did it. And if you want to say that's the smoking gun, that's fine. Now, Tom Brady's sitting there going, uh-huh. 
Uh, it's all anything that's in that cell phone. They, uh, it's not going to get out. Tell me something that doesn't get out anymore. Does anybody know what's on Tom Brady's cell phone? No, you do not. And this is why. The text messages can still be recovered, but anything else cannot. And that's why he destroyed the cell phone. Second thing is, this is the problem when you sometimes when you hire and they hired legit former prosecutors to run this arm of it. And I, I said this before, like, what is Roger Goodell to do? Right? They do nothing. They look like they're turning a blind eye to domestic violence. So instead, he said, like, look, I'm going to hand it over to this former prosecutor. She's going to go and thoroughly investigate. And it took forever. It took forever. In, in a criminal court, you got to do it in less than 100 days. Like, this thing took, like, 13 months to come out. She, uh, forever. And even then, the, the evidence is, the, but the preponderance of doubt is more probable than not. They felt like it's still, the abuse still happened. I love how the at both sides taking hard and fast stance. The other one is to blame, and this is what happens. Uh, it's ugly. I think it'll be reduced, but I do think that the NFL, if they're going to fault, they're going to fault on the side of being more vigilant against domestic violence because of our own rightful reaction to previous cases. I hope to talk about sports tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.